The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? And thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open After Dark Podcast with me, Uncle Bully. Come on in, lay down on my couch. And let's talk about some AEW Dynamite. I'll tell you what I liked and I didn't like, especially Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. How about another especially? How about another especially going out to MJF and Scott Steiner? What do you mean, Scott Steiner? Tune in to the podcast and I'll let you know. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. I'm Uncle Bully. This is the Busted Open After Dark Podcast. Turn it up. I want to talk about Impact, and I want to talk about NXT a little bit also. Last night, NXT had a really strong show. You know, me and LaGreca always talk about the ratings and whether or not they matter. Yes, it's old, archaic, and outdated. But when the ratings are good, everybody wants to flag the, uh, fly the flag and say, wow, look how great the rating was. And if the rating is not so good, everybody says, meh, ratings don't matter. I'm one of those guys that believe that it is uh, a barometer for something. It definitely tells us whether people are tuning in or tuning out. Last night, NXT did 850,000 viewers with an extremely strong main event of Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch. Congratulations to NXT on probably the strongest number they've done in a very long time. Everybody at NXT is working very hard to make sure that that developmental slash um, standalone, I guess, third brand does as well as they possibly good can on any given week. And last night was a great job. Yes, they did an eight-minute overrun that did over a million viewers. But it is, you know, what it is. Every once in a while, AEW takes advantage of that overrun. 
And if you remember back in the day, Raw and Nitro did the overrun almost every single week. Tiffany Stratton is a star. I heard a lot of chatter on social media today about how Tiffany Stratton got buried last night with her loss to Becky Lynch. I'm calling massive bullshit on that. Tiffany Stratton is more over today in her loss to Becky Lynch than she was going in to NXT last night as your WWE NXT um, women's champion. She was still trending, I think, this morning and into the early afternoon. She has it all. And as long as she can keep her head on straight, she's going to be a major player and a big star for the WWE. Might I say, and I'm going out on a limb here, and I hope it's a strong limb, not as strong to hold Dreamer up, obviously, but nevertheless, I think Tiffany Stratton has the potential to be the next Trish Stratus for the WWE. And I can tell you personally, by being in the ring with Trish and working with Trish and um, seeing Trish from day one, how much she improved every single week and became one of the biggest names in all of women's wrestling for the WWE, if not all of women's wrestling, period. So great job, NXT, last night. Keep it up. Um, I think NXT fans out there are happy with the product. If you're an NXT fan and you want to call in tonight, please do so. Let me know what you thought of that Becky Lynch versus uh, Tiffany Stratton match. Also want to talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling and tomorrow night's edition of Impact 1000. Airing on Access TV and YouTube Insiders. The Access TV show starts, I believe, at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, and the YouTube Insiders, I believe, starts at 8.30. Going to try to double-check that. But um, Impact 1000 was such a great show and such a success that they turned it into two episodes. So tomorrow night, the first episode, next Thursday night, the second episode. I cannot begin to tell you how much I enjoyed the evening. Me and Devon back together for the first time in seven years. I'm not going to stooge off what happened. I'm not going to give the match away. But I'll let you decide. Uh, Team three, Team 3D back together. And much like Kiss on a reunion tour, we played all our hits, and it seemed like everybody really liked it. The entire show was really, really strong. And as I put the other day on Busted Open, I put over all of the women by name, the knockouts division who were involved in that uh, match uh, you got to check that out, too. I don't know if it's airing tomorrow or next week, but it's definitely going to be a really strong next two weeks for Impact Wrestling. 
I urge you to tune in. If you've never, ever seen Impact before, I think this would be a great place to start for you uh, and see what got TNA slash Impact to the dance and the stars of the future for Impact Wrestling and, and, the, and the direction the company is headed in. Um, I remember the days of Impact probably two or three years ago where me and LaGreca were begging people to call in to talk about Impact. Even, even when they were having their biggest pay-per-views like Bound for Glory, we, they were getting no, they had no steam behind them and no coverage. That has changed for sure. Um, impact ratings are on the rise. Impact's pay-per-view uh, buy rates are on the rise. Please check out Impact 1000 tomorrow night and next Thursday night. And if you want to talk about Impact, if you were at the Impact 1000 show, once again, call in 877-344-4893. Let's move on to Dynamite. Again, I felt it was a tale of two shows. The front end, the first hour of the show, really didn't do too much for me. There was some good stuff, but I found the second half of the show, I think, a little bit better. One of the things that AEW is dealing with right now is a massive, massive all-in hangover. And me and LaGreca talked about how, you know, all in the 81,000 seat event, which that's now being disputed. Seems like the numbers are 72,000, or at least that's what's being reported by, um, I guess, the building or the city about people who went through the turnstile, 72,000 went through. Listen, it was still a massive event. 72,000, 81,000. You, you guys seem to want to argue about this on social media like so much. I think the real discussion is in what AEW is doing in the States and the houses that they are drawing in the States right now. Because in the first couple of years, we were used to seeing packed houses every Wednesday night for AEW. Tonight, I think, and I'm being gracious here, I think there were 2,500 people in the building. Now, that doesn't mean that those 2,500 people need to suffer. AEW still needs to deliver the best show that they possibly can for those people. And I think they go out there and they do. But when you're in an arena that holds 15,000 people, and you're one of 2,500, and you look out there, and you see an entire upper deck full, and you see lots and lots of empty seats, it makes you wonder if you're at the cool show in town anymore. And thus, I believe it affects people's willingness to be as interactive with the show as they would have been and as if it was a packed house. And I don't, I'm not just pulling that out of thin air. I'm pulling that from experience. I remember when Motley Crue had broken up and Vince Neil had left the band and then Vince and Motley got back together 
and I went to the, the first show at Nassau Coliseum, Motley Crue getting back together. And I was so excited. I could not wait. My favorite rock and roll band of all time were back together. And I was going to see another great Motley Crue show. And about a half an hour before the show, only half of the arena was full. There's probably only seven or 8,000 people in the Nassau Coliseum. And I was like, wow, I, I guess people are showing up late. It's going to be packed and it's going to be sold out by the time the house lights go down and Motley hits the stage. Well, the house lights went down and Motley hit the stage and there was still only about seven or 8,000 people there. The arena was half full. And it's one of the only concerts that I can remember being at where I kind of sat down. Because I was like, wow, my band isn't the biggest band in the world anymore. And it, I found it harder to be as into the show, knowing that maybe this wasn't the place to be anymore. Grunge had taken over. And Pearl Jam and, you know, bands like that were selling out. I don't think the people were very loud tonight. I don't think the people were very interactive with the show. There were moments, but it didn't have that fun feel that AEW normally has. And if you take a look at the numbers they have for their houses coming up, they're also very light. What does this say about AEW's popularity right now. And why has the popularity subsided? I'll stay in the States. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say overseas because they just had a monster house, but it's they've only been there one time. It seems like the popularity in the States is starting to dwindle. Dwindle, dwindle, dwindle. Did I just miss dwindle and Twitter? I don't know. I made up a word. Dwindle, Brundlefly. Um, I'd like to hear your opinion on that um, as far as why numbers seem to be down. And I, I don't want to hear from AEW haters. I want to hear from AEW supporters tonight. I want to hear from AEW fans that will go to the grave for AEW. Uh, and, and you know who you are out there. You know who you are, like the, the AEW fans who believe that AEW can do no wrong. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I came from ECW. ECW fans thought the same, but ECW fans were smart enough and were in tune enough to let you know when you screwed up as an individual or as a company. So why the cooling off period? for AEW. Once again, the band of the night is Billy Idol. Let's light up them phone lines. My favorite part of After Dark is talking to you, the busted open nation, 877-344-4893, 877-344-4893. Screen cap that listening device. Hit me up on the old Twitter machine. Let me know where you're listening from tonight. All the chapters of the busted open After Dark nation Please check in. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. 
Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. I'm going to run down Dynamite. Tell you what I thought. I'm going to go uh, segment by segment. Quick hit the whole show. Mox and Big Bill to kick it off. Mox's hometown, Cincinnati. Probably the biggest reaction of the night, I would say. Mox comes out first. I think he came out first, at least. Thought it was a good match. It was exciting. Blood, run-ins, typical stuff that you expect from AEW. Nothing to really break down. You know, uh, myself and Dave were talking about why the WWE does what it does uh, for people who are flipping through the channels. Like if you're flipping through the, you've never watched the WWE before and you're flipping through the channels and you see anything different that you've never seen before, you might be encouraged to stop and check it out. Mox bled so much tonight that I think if people were flipping through the channels at around 8.05, they'd have to stop. Now, whether the blood is good or bad or whatever, we've had this conversation a million times over. Is what it is. I haven't seen that much blood from Mox um, on TV lately. so. I guess he's picking up where he last left off. So good opening to the show. 
Don Callis and Takashita. From the reaction in the crowd, it seemed like nobody cared. They also had production issues with this one. Um, they never really got a great shot of the new um, Alpha logo that they unveiled for Takashita. And then the streamers seemed to be fired off a little late. And it never really got a chance to breathe. It's like, boom, there are the streamers. And okay, on to the next uh, line from Callus. People never got a, truly a chance to allow it to set in and really boo that moment. And then they, you know, they did the unveiling of the painting and we find out that, I'm sorry, not Takashita. It's pronounced Takeshita. I know I always get that wrong. My bad. No disrespect meant to uh, either man. Takeshita. We find out that his next opponent is going to be Abushi, because Abushi is like best friends with Kenny. Does anybody care about Takeshita versus Abushi? Once again, if you listen to the crowd, I don't think they seem to care. The live house will tell you a lot of things that you need to know. So I'm asking myself, well, if the live house doesn't care, why should I? And I understand why, you know, like hopefully Takeshita beats the shit out of Abushi enough that it pisses Kenny off so much that he asked him, you know, that he asked to return. You know, and the last time we saw Abushi. I believe in the uh, in the blood and guts match as the surprise. I don't think he wowed anybody in particularly. So I don't think this segment really knocked anybody's socks off. Then we went to the back and we got Mox and Claudio with backstage, you know, talking about you know what they're going to do in their match, and that seemed fine. And then this big pull apart with uh, uh, Penta. Which, I mean, it was okay. The part I liked best was Eddie Kingston face-to-face with Claudio. I always like Kingston and Claudio's uh, interaction because it's very serious, especially when they're locked eyes. And then Kingston says one week to go, and he gives the typical old pro wrestling laugh. <laughs> Hate that. Hate it. Wish he would have never did it. Moving on. We got to uh, Orange Cassidy and Hook in the back. Not sure what it accomplished. Just just there. Moving on to the uh, the women's four-way. Britt Baker, Tony Storm, Nyla Rose, and Sheeta. Is it me? Or has Britt Baker's pop on her entrance really subsided. I think so. Not sure why. What do you think? Let me know. Tony Storm goes over Britt Baker. I love Tony Storm. I think much like um much like a Tiffany Stratton, Tony Storm has that it factor. And that star factor. Hopefully this new character direction 
for Tony works. I think it's working so far. I'd love to see her with a, a T-shirt that says chin up, tits out. I think that thing would sell like hotcakes. I was confused by the beauty shot at the end. They're shooting Tony on the stage. They're shooting Brit with a kendo stick. But then they they didn't shoot Brit with the kendo stick anymore. Like, give me the out shot on Tony Storm. She's the one that won the match. She's the one that's going on to Grand Slam to face Soraya. Tony Storm is the star in that 15 to 20 seconds. You don't have to show me Britt Baker with a kendo stick who didn't do anything with it, and it meant absolutely nothing. Give me all of Tony Storm's face. And let me know why she's such a credible challenger for Soraya. Jericho and Sammy. I think a lot of people like this uh, segment. I found Jericho's look on his face interesting tonight. If you remember, probably a year ago, me and LaGreca were having the conversation about how wrestlers can tell by another wrestler's entrance what the finish is going to be. Because sometimes you get, you know, you know, whoever's, whoever's doing the favors, whoever's laying down for the night kind of has that boo-boo face on. I, I saw Jericho scanning the arena, which, as we know, was a bit light tonight. It was a lot light, let's be honest. And I think I saw that look in his eyes of just like, oh, dear God, this is, this is not a good sign. Even the volume of the people singing uh, Judas wasn't there tonight. But Sammy and Jericho did a good job, and they have their match coming up. And Jericho basically tells Sammy, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Like, I've never beaten the shit out of every, anybody ever before. And Sammy's like, I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, cool. Hangman Adam Page and Brian Cage. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Good chemistry. The tag match was decent. And then we got to the to the end with Samoa Joe versus Roderick Strong, which I thought was a very good match. The aftermath, I can see on social media, people are complaining about like crazy. They thought it was awful. Joe is so impressive to me and so credible to me. Like, I always thought Roderick Strong was overly stiff in the ring for no good reason. Like, he always felt the need to be like that undersized guy who can show you just how hard he hit. Well, Joe hits harder. And Joe's about 300 pounds. And if you think Roderick Strong's stuff looks credible, Joe's looks even that more credible. I they did a a close up of Joe's face um about 3 quarters of the way through the match maybe even after the match after that incredible power slam and the choke out 
Joe wasn't even breathing heavy. Joe is in phenomenal ring shape. And like I said about a week ago, I think he's um, extremely credible challenger to MJF. And I'm very interested to see how this world championship match will go. So there was there was some stuff I liked, but a lot of stuff. Once again, I was shaking my head, uh, and and once again with like my attention span, and maybe your attention span too. Like when when Excalibur was running down all of the shows that they have coming up. Like, okay, this Friday we're going to see this matches, and this Saturday we're going to see this matches, and then next week we're going to see this matches, and then we're going to Seattle for Dreamwave, and we're going to see this match. I'm like, how much retention? does AEW think that people have like, just tell me what's coming up next week. I don't need to know about Dreamwave. That's on October 1st. You still have only 6,000 tickets sold to Arthur Ashe in New York. Thank you, Andre. It's called wrestle dream. Focus on that New York card. I believe people get confused when you give them too much information and they just tune out right now. So that's my breakdown of Dynamite tonight. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.